Welcome to Signs and Wonders, the broadcast that came right on time. I'm your host, Dawid Yaakov Maktabis. Today is December 5th, 2010. On today's broadcast, we will speak about a very important topic. This topic, which has not been discussed uh, that I have heard yet, and um, at the end of it, you will be highly surprised. Um, but before I start, I would like to open up in a word of prayer. And I would like to begin. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Yahushua's precious name. I pray that you bless this broadcast. I pray that you bring your spirit here, Heavenly Father. I pray that you help me articulate the things that I need to say. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you continue to just be with me on this this uh, broadcast. And, and I pray that you continue to just give me these special messages so I can help wake up your children. I thank you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Yahushua. And I also pray that you bind and bound any demonic spirits that will interrupt it. And I pray in the name of Yahushua's precious name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, thank you so much for uh, listening to that prayer. Now, before I begin, I'm going to play an audio file. This audio file is um, taken from uh, the book of Enoch. And um, the uh, what you're listening to is um, a discussion about Ariel. Um, Ariel is uh, taking Enoch and showing him what happened with the fallen angels. Now listen to this file because this is actually going to set up the uh, flow of the show. Okay, I'll play right now. Chapter 19 And Uriel said to me, Here shall stand the angels who have connected themselves with women, and their spirits, assuming many different forms, are defiling mankind, and shall lead them astray into sacrificing to demons as gods. Here shall they stand, till the day of the great judgment, in which they shall be judged, till they are made an end of. And the women also of the angels who went astray shall become sirens. And I, Enoch, alone saw the vision, the ends of all things, and no man shall see as I have seen. Okay, welcome back. Now, to begin, to begin this broadcast, uh, I start with uh, a question. Now, a question should be seen as a quest, because sometimes a question takes us to pl places, you know, it takes us to places where we never thought we'd be. But first, let's break down the definition of question. What is question? The act of asking or inquiring, interrogation, or quiry. Quest. What is quest? It is a search, a pursuit made in order to find or obtain something, 
a quest for uranium mines a quest for knowledge. More examples. Medieval romance, an adventure expedition undertaken by a knight or knights to secure or achieve something. The quest for the Holy Grail. Also, in to search, seek, to quest after hidden treasures, hunt, seeking, journey, mission, enterprise. So, so the beginning of all knowledge is to ask a question. And sometimes asking a question sends us on a quest. <laughs> and what we find sometimes is not what we were looking for. And this is how I found this information. Now, I uh, went over that because I want to um, explain to you that the stuff that I find is just basically that simple. I'm curious. You know, I'm curious about things. And I say, so what is this all about? You know? So, <clears throat> let's begin this study. Now, here was a question I had. I said, who is Yahweh? And who is EA? Who is A? And the answer was given to me in the following scriptures. Now, this is from Genesis 32, 24 through 34. It says, um, Genesis 24, And Yaakov was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Yaakov. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Yaakov, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hath prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Why for is it that thou doest ask my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Sanel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Fanuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore, the children of Israel eat not of the snoo which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the snoo that shrank. Now, that sounds confusing. Okay? Now in verse 9, you see, we will explore this. And as we explore this, this is going to change a lot of things. A lot of the ways we think. Now, the question. What was the first question I asked? I said, what is it that changed the name from Jacob to Israel? What is it that changed the name of Jacob to Israel? The second question was, was it the Most High or was it an angel of Yah? So, 
Now let's see if we can find out the name of Israel. Okay? What does the name Israel mean? Now from uh, Wikipedia it says preserve with God. From Unger's Bible Dictionary, power with God. God's fighter. From the Strong's Concordance, he will rule as God. Online Dictionary, he that striveth with God. Restored name scriptures, he will rule as El. Hmm. Now, from these different definitions, we have five different meanings. And out of the five, one stood out, which was from the restored name scriptures. It says, he will rule as El. And as I was looking for another definition called, uh, I mean, he... Uh, he struggles with God. I couldn't find it. You know? I was looking for, he struggles with God. I was under where is that? You know, because I was always told that Israel meant he struggles with Yah. Now, we have to ask ourselves, why such a popular, important name like Israel why does a name like this have so many elusive meanings? And another thing is, um, who is L? Now, here's a typical Christian commentary. Now, they break this down for us. Okay, and what they say is, Jacob wrestles with God. Okay, they say it's God. And he states, he said, one night, Yaakov was alone on his way back home. He had sent his family in service and flocked, flocks and herds on ahead. During the night, a man appeared to Yaakov. The Bible tells us that the man wrestled with him all night long. We don't know how or why they wrestled. It just tells us that they did. The man saw that he could not overcome Yaakov. He just touched Yaakov's hip so that it was rinked, wrenched or injured probably dislocated. All he had to do was touch Yaakov. Amazing! Yaakov realized that this was no ordinary man. So he told the man to bless him. The man responded, Tell me your name. Yaakov replied, Yaakov. The man then said, Your name will no longer be Yaakov, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with man and have overcome. Israel means struggle with God. And then he goes on, he says, Yaakov had been struggling, it says, uh, Yaakov had been wrestling with God himself. <clears throat> it says, uh, he now had a new name, Israel. He then named the place he had wrestled, Fenuel, the face of God. He had seen God face to face and lived. How exciting! As he left on his journey home, Yaakov limped because of his hip. It would always remind him of his struggle with God. Okay, that's the ending of that. So, um, the question is, is he really struggling with Ayah, the Most High, as this commentary states? So, is he saying that Ayah is the same as El? Now, in order to find this out, we have to dig into what is the name El. And the interesting thing is... Uh, I found something about L. You know, I believe this is the origin of the name L. 
and we find it in a Canaanite tribe called the Ugrit. Ugrit. Now, here's a brief description of these uh, Ugrits. <clears throat> in the northeast quarter of the walled enclosure, in the walled enclosure, the remains of three significant buildings were unearthed: the Temple of Baal and Dagon, and the library, sometimes referred to as the High Priest House. Within these structures, atop the archipelus, numerous invaluable mythological texts were found. Since the 1930s, these texts have opened some in, in, initial understanding of the Canaanite mythological world. The Baal cycle represents Baal's destruction of Yem, the Chaos Sea Monster, demonstrating the relationship of Canaanite Chaos Temps with those of Mesopotamian and Aegean, a warrior god raised up as the hero of the new pantheon to defeat chaos and bring order, chaos order. It is almost certain that the cult of Baal and the Levi influenced later Israelite culture and mythology. Yahweh often takes on the chaos comfort role of Baal in his struggle with the chaotic sea. It would, however, be incorrect to use later redacted biblical texts to reconstruct Canaanite religion culture. And it says, while El is a chief of the Kenyak pantheon, very little attention is paid to him in the uh, in the cultic mythical text. This is rather common for middle to late uh, age mythology. Okay, I'm not going to read any more because I think you get the point. The point is that the Ugrats used El to signify their god Baal. And later the Hebrew Israelites, because they were so close to these Canaanite tribes, they started using the name El as well for Yahweh. Now that's dangerous though, because now we start to get conflation. Okay? So, <clears throat> we can also hear El in the, uh, how the, uh, Jews, or not the Jews, the Hebrews use it. Okay, now, there is a, a group of Hebrew called the Tiberian Hebrews. These were a uh, group of Hebrews in the ancient Roman Empire, and but this Roman Empire was around 700 AD, around 700 AD. So this is more like a modern Hebrew. Now, this is what they say. They say, El is a generic word for God that could be used for any God including Baal, Moloch, or Yahweh. In the Tanakh, Elohim is a normal word for a god or the great god or gods given in the suffix. Makes a word plural in Hebrew, but the form El also appears mostly in poetic passages in the uh, particular narrative attributes to the peace source. The theological position of the Tanakh is that the names El or Elohim, when used in the singular, to mean the supreme and active God, active to the same being as does the name Yahweh. Okay, so now Yahweh and El mean God. So, but this is based on a 700-900 AD understanding. Now this is dangerous because, like I said, conflation. Okay. So, from reading this, L, 
is not exclusively used for Ayah, the Most High. El could be Baal, Molech, or Yahweh. We see that El is the name for the God of the Canaanites, later to be used in the worship by the Hebrew Israelites in the name of Yahweh, meaning Yah, the God named Baal. This was because the Hebrew Israelites would eventually whore after the strange gods, okay, which made them break the covenant and have them taken into captivity in Babylon. Now, some of us still say Yahweh. We say this because of our lack of knowledge of history and our lack of knowledge of those that wrote our history. And when we use names like Yahweh or Jesus, this just shows the controllers that we are still asleep. Some of us are waking up, but most of us are still asleep. Now, those that are still asleep argue with us um, that try to take them out of their dream state. Why? Because sleeping feels so good. This reminds me of the movie The Matrix, when Morpheus says, those that are asleep will fight you because they are still connected to the Matrix. <laughs> Remember that? Now think about it. Why would the Most High allow his name to be used in the mouth of demons to deceive his people? Or better yet, if the power of the name can destroy the wicked, then why would they exalt the name? It would be more biblical, I mean, sorry, it would be more beneficial to hide the name. You know what I'm saying? If, if, uh, if, if there was power in the name, it would be more beneficial to hide it. Of course it would be. Okay? Now, so that, you know I mean, they hide it so that the name never comes to mind. Think about this. The most secure password, the most secure password is one that does not exist. And what does that mean? That means if you do not know a password exists, it's more secure than one that does exist. Because if it does not known to exist, you wouldn't try to crack it. Okay? And this is the same thing with the occult. That's why they hide things. You know? No, God doesn't exist. If he doesn't exist, you won't try to find him. Okay, now back to the name Israel. Now, the name Israel can be also translated as he turns the head of God. Based on the ancient Hebrew scriptures according to the ancient Hebrew research, and this would, would, would be acceptable, right, if El means Ayah or Yahuwah. And I could feel the emotional psychological connection to this to this meeting you know I could I can understand why people would say you know L yes L means means God and you're emotionally attached to it because you know I interpreted I myself I interpreted the meaning on my broadcast I said a lot of times that he turns the head of God you know because I'm thinking that God is Ayah I don't know that God is L until I did the research. You know? 
Now, based on this new information that I had, I had to kind of let this this go. You know, so I understood that I was actually wrong. You know, I was wrong in my understanding. But today, today we will break this name. We'll break this name down. We'll break this name Israel down. And today we will find out the meaning behind this name. And what does this mean to the present day original Hebrew Israelite? So before we begin, here is another uh, Christianary commentary to explain the name Israel. Okay? Now this one reads, it says, <clears throat> And you, he goes, and the, uh, the scripture does not say that Yaakov wrestled with an angel, but with a man. The man does not tell Jacob his name, but says that Yaakov had struggled with God. And Yaakov says, he saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Because of this, many think that this was actually God, the son who had appeared before to both Abraham, uh, Genesis 12, 7, 17, 1, 18, 1, and Isaac, see Genesis 26, 1, 25, in the form of a man. It also, it, it was also after the battle over uh, was over that God renamed Jacob to Israel. Now, this this guy references a lot of um, verses, and the verses that he references, he's right. They do show that God appeared, but what he doesn't explain is that when you take these verses back to the original Hebrew. These words actually do reference God. Because, for example, he references uh, Genesis 27.7. It says, and the, Lord and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed I will give this land. And there built he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Okay? Now, this building an altar unto the Lord is a very common trait. And you will notice that Yaakov does the same thing. But understand that in this verse, the word Lord is Hebrews 30.68. The Lord unto is Hebrew word 4.13. And when they have the word God used with Lord, because God is Hebrew 4.18, I mean 4.10, they actually mean the um, the uh, creator because Lord 3068 is translated to say Yahovah they say Yahovah but we say it's Yahuwah Yahuwah Ayah, Yahuwah okay now keep this in mind okay because all these verses you know they use the word Lord or unto and it is followed by him Okay, and like I said, we get Hebrew 4.13 when we have the word uh, unto, Abraham. And the Hebrew word 4.13 means El. Okay, El means angel or spirit being. When the word Lord is used, it refers to Hebrew 30.68. Like I said, this translates to Yahovah or Yahuwah. 
Okay, keep this in mind. Now we're going to go to Genesis 24, 32. <clears throat> we're going to read this again. All right. Now read this with this in mind. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now understand that. He was wrestled to the breaking of the day. So the man came to him at night. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. He said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, unto is 413, him, what is thy name? And he said, Yaakov. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Yaakov, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God. Now this God is 430, which means Elohim, not Lord 3068, which means Yahuwah. This is Elohim, and with man, and has prevailed. And Yaakov asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it thou, thou askest after my name? And he said, uh, he said him there, and Jacob called the name of the place Sanuel, for I have seen God, once again, 430, face to face, and my life is preserved. Okay, now, this God is also 430, which is Elohim. And as he passed over Sanuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Now, this is uh, confusing, but it won't be confusing later. Because this talks about the children, right? Now it says here, it says, it says, uh, 32, 32, it says, Therefore, the children of Israel ate not of the shnu, which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and the shnu that shrank. Now that sounds like some Dr. Seuss novel, <laughs> you know, and because we don't understand what this is talking about, we're confused. Like, what is the shoe that's thanking the hollow? What is he talking But this is all going to become clear. Okay? Now, notice the word unto in God. When we read these scriptures in, in, in uh, the 32, uh, Genesis 32. For the word unto, we get Hebrew 4.13, which is angel or spirit being and God which is Hebrew 4.30. Like I said, Hebrew 4.30 is God. This means Elohim, which means a head God, not Ayah, but an alternative God or a high-ranking God. Okay? Now, here's another reference. Okay? And this is to that incident between Yaakov and the unnamed God. Now, this is a prophet. A prophet. This is from Hosea the prophet. Now, this is what Hosea the prophet says. He says, um, <clears throat> he's actually talking about this incident. He goes, he took his brother by the heel, he's talking about Yaakov, in the womb. And by his strength, he had power with God. Okay? Now, he's talking about this with Yaakov. He, he already had power with God because he took his brother by the heel. Yeah, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He kept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, 
and there he spake with us. And then uh, he explains in uh, Hosea 12.5, Even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorable, memorial. Now, the reason why I brought this up is because I wanted to point your attention to Hosea 12.4. Okay? And um, also Hosea uh, 12.3. Now, notice in Hosea 12.3, where it says he had power with God, okay, meaning high-ranking spirit being, which is an Elohim. And next verse gives a, a huge clue. It says he had power over the angel and prevailed. Ah. Now, the word over is Hebrew 4.13, which means El, or spirit being. Then we have angel, which is Hebrew 4397, and 4397 means messenger, deputy, priest, teacher, ambassador. Mm. So from this, we can see that whatever Jacob was wrestling with was an ambassador or a messenger. Now, we have to ask the question, who was this messenger? And who was he a messenger for? Was it Ayah? Hmm? So if then, uh, so if uh, then why in the next verse in Hosea 12.5, remember Hosea 12.5? We see that the use of the word Lord, 360, and the word God, 430 are used to identify Ayah. Because like I said before, remember? 360, 3060 means Yahuwah. Yahuwah, Yahuwah. And notice how this name Lord, 360, 3068, uh, 368, is missing from the spirit being. Okay? It's missing from the spirit being that is wrestling with Yaakov. And one more thing. Keep this in mind, okay? Now, uh, Jacob was wrestling with a man. Now, has anyone ever heard of demonic possession? If so, ask yourself, is demonic possession a good thing? Is it a good thing? Okay? Now, listen to Hosea 12.4 one more time. And uh, here's some clues. It says, Ye, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake, un he spake with us. He spake with us. Now, I was told that Bethel meant house of God. But I never asked the question, which God? Okay. Now think about the word Bethel. He says he meant him in the house of Bethel. Here's another clue. <clears throat> now, like before, we're going to take the word Bethel into the uh, Canaanite group of the Ugrit. Okay? Now it says the house of Bethel is based on the Ugrit. Right? Now, now remember the Ugrits are the uh, Canaanites that worship Baal. And Baal is a representation of Satan. Okay, 
or a fallen angelic being. Now here's what it reads. It says, Bethel, or house of God, also translates Bethel, Bethel, or Bethel, uh, Latin Bethel, was a border city described in the Hebrew Bible as being located between Benjamin and Ephraim. Now, it says, Eusebius of Caesarea and Jerome described it in their time as a small village that lay 12 Roman miles north of Jerusalem to the right or east of the road leading to Neapolis. Now understand this. What it says their time, this is around uh, 100 or 200 uh, AD. And that means that this, this place still existed at that time. So this had to be a powerful place, Bethel. All right, and because this is they're talking about the time of Yaakov. Now you understand this is more significant as we read this, and uh, I read this to bring your attention. Okay, again to Bethel. This was in the land of Canaanite. Okay, the Canaanites were worshiping Baal, so the house was of El, not of Yahuwah. Also, bring your attention to the name Eubius. Eubius, okay, this guy that I talked, you know what I said, like they're around 200 B.C., A.D., these guys were founding fathers of the Catholic Church, you know, a patriarch of the occult. These are the controllers, okay, they're, they're the controllers of the church doctrine. Whenever you hear these names, the Eusebius and uh, Alexandria and all these people, these are the ones that, you know, started all the confusion. All right, now, this next section, I title it, uh, I, next, I, I title it the Conflation Alert, okay? I title it Conflation Alert because it is based in Genesis 35, which is surprising because Genesis uh, 35 actually has, <clears throat> 35 actually uh, is, is quite confusing when you really look at it. Okay, now. Now I would like to advise you now to read this uh, Genesis 35 with open eyes after I complete this study. Today I will paraphrase because you know we don't have much time. But um, here it goes. It says, uh, <clears throat> Yaakov is told by God to build an altar, but he is but he has to travel to the land of Canaan to get to Bethel. So before he does, he collects all of the idols. And all of the gold and jewelry and places them under a oak tree. He did this because he did not want his most valuable possessions taken. Okay, now notice the word idol. The land that he was traveling to was said to be a land of terror, so among his most valuable possessions were his idols. Okay, now keep this in mind. So he built an altar because God tells him to. After he builds the altar, he calls the place El Beth El, the house of the mighty spirit El. That's what this translates to, the house of the mighty spirit El. Now, what happened after he built this altar to El? Well, first, Deborah dies, the handmaiden of Rebecca. She is also buried under an oak tree. Now, here's a question. Why do they keep using the word oak tree? 
Okay. Now after this, something strange happened. The story now resembles Genesis 28, verse 10, 22. We are told that uh, the same story, you know, um, but in this story, Jacob builds a house for Yahuwah. All right, now in, just in 28, it's the same story as 35, but in 28, we actually see that he builds a house for Yahuwah. And he builds this house out of the pillars of stone. And the reason why he does this is because of a dream in which he is uh, speaking with Ayah. Okay? It's in the dream he has, he's speaking with Ayah, not Elohim. And you notice how he builds an altar unto Ayah the same way Abraham built an altar to Ayah. Remember I told you about the pattern? You see it, right? Okay? Now, um, here is a little bit of Genesis 28. <clears throat> and this is the prophecy of Yahuwah. Okay, it says, and this is after the dream. Well, this is actually the dream. It says, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And, and in thy seed, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay? Now, after the dream, what does Jacob do? It says, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stones that he had for a pillow. And he sits up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he calls the name of the place Bethel. But the name of the city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and remnant to put on so that I come again to my house my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Now that's key. This is key. Lord be my God. Remember Lord? Okay? Because in this verse, all three words, Lord be and God, give edification to the Most High. Okay? They give edification. When you bring it into its root form, Okay, so it is very clear who builds this house. It's very clear who he builds this house, who he builds this house for. Okay, and the reason is because in the verses, the word Lord is 3068, which is Yahuwah, right? The word for 30 is Elohim, which is the highest ranking spirit being. And the word B, which is Hebrew 1961, means Ayah, the name of the Creator, or breath to exist. Ah, ah. All right. So it is very clear which God this altar is for. Now, when we look at Genesis 35 9 through 15, we see that this name is missing. Even though Genesis 35 is blending, uh, 35 is a blending of the events of Genesis 28. The name of Yahuwah 
has been taken out. So the first question is, why? Why do they blend or conflate Genesis 28, 32, and 35, and what happened to the name Ayah? Now, listen to what else happened after they built an altar to God called El Beth El. Okay, now, here it reads in Genesis 35, 16, 20. It says, And they journeyed from Bethel. This is 35. The conflated, this is the conflated version. And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come. And Ephrath and Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass when she when when was it she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in depart, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died, and was buried in the way to Ephraim, Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar upon her grave that is the pillar of Rachel, that Rachel's grave unto this day. Now, think about this. He builds an altar, El Beth El, and now all this turmoil is starting to happen to him. Okay? And also, do you know how old Rachel was? She was 45. 45 when she died. You know, back, I mean, this is extremely young for this at this time, especially when they had them living 120 years, 160 years, 180 years. And she dies at 45. She's like a baby. You know, why did the Most High take her? Was it the Most High that took her? Is there something else to this story? We know that this is happening after El Beth El has been built. Okay? Now, and it continues. And it came to pass when Israel dwelt in the land that Reuben went and laid with Beliah, his father's concubine. And Israel heard it. Okay? Now, so in this, in this chapter, we have Deborah dies, right? This is Ra uh, Rachel dies. Isaac dies. And Reuben sleeps with his father's concubine, Beliah. And at the end of this, we get the name of 12 sons of Jacob and the death of his father, Isaac. Okay, now, we're going to take a quick uh, break here. And we're going to play a, uh, a, um, <clears throat> an audio file. And this is uh, based on the fallen angels. Okay? This one is called Sariel. And this is really going to set up the rest of this broadcast. Okay, listen to this. Chapter 6 And it came to pass, when the children of men had multiplied, that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of the heaven, saw and lusted after them, and said to one another, Come, let us choose wives from among the children of men, and beget us children. And Semjaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed, 
and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of a great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath, and all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations, not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. Then swear they all together, and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were in all two hundred, who descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon. And they called it Mount Hermon, because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And these are the names of their leaders. Samiazaz, their leader, Arakabah, Ramiel, Kokabiel, Tamiel, Ramiel, Danel, Ezekiel, Barakujal, Asiel, Armaras, Batarel, Ananel, Zaklel, Samsapil, Saterel, Terel, Chamjel, Sariel. These are their chiefs of tens. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Now, like I said, this section is called Conflation Alert. Okay? Now, back to Genesis 28, 32, and 35. Now, that name, at the end, you heard Sariel. Take that name and put that in your mind. Okay? And just hold it there for a while. Okay? Now, we can now um, we can tell by uh, reading Genesis 35. We can tell that it's conflated, okay? Because when Jacob had the dream, he did not have children, okay? He did not even know Rachel, because after the dream, he saw her in a field. Remember when she was watering her sheep? And the story goes that he worked 21 years before he could marry her. If this is the case, then how does uh, chapter how does in chapter thirty five have Deborah, the handmaiden of Leah, die in verse eight? And in verse nine, we talk about the name being changed to Israel. It's a question. Now remember, back in chapter thirty two, he wrestles with an unnamed spirit being, and his name is changed to Israel. But we do not hear of Rachel dying. But in chapter 35, we do. If you remember, in Genesis 32, this leads us to uh, Genesis 33, right? Which speaks about Esau. And then Genesis 34 tells us the event about Deniah. Remember? This is when she was raped by the men of Shechem. Shechem. So, chapter 35 blends 28, okay? And 32 together. It blends them all together. Now the question we have is why? So now. Now we're going to pull this all together. It's going to all line up. Now many people are confused with whom Yaakov wrestles with at Penel. Many believe he wrestles with God. Not a God. But the God. And others say he wrestled with an angel of God or the angel of the Most High. So the question is, who did he wrestle with? Why, uh, now why this is so vitally important is because the one that wrestled with Jacob 
placed a name on him that represents the land, the people, and the Most High. Now, if this one is Ayah, then hallelujah. But if it's not, uh-oh. See, the question is, who is this Elohim? Now, I found this in some very uh, interesting resources. Very interesting resources. Now, here are a few books to help find this information. Okay? Now, one of the books is called The Pseudepigrapha. And this is a version by James H. Charlesworth. The reason I like this book is because it gives details of all of the people that contributed to the writing and research in a particular study. It tells you if the original text was in ancient Hebrew, Aramaic Hebrew, Greek, uh, Greco-Egyptian, or Roman. Now, it makes it easy to find out if this was rewritten by the School of Alexandria or if it is an authentic ancient Hebrew text. Now, the first text is called The Prayer of Joseph. It is very short, right? But it's a good source to start. It's a good source to start because, um, um, you know, it kind of breaks stuff down. Now, it's a little confusing, but, uh, but when I'm finished, I'll make it pretty clear. Now, it reads, it says, <coughs> it goes, then Jacob says, I, Jacob, who speak to you and Israel, I am an angel of God, a ruling spirit. And Abraham and Isaac were created before every work of God. And I am Jacob, called Jacob by man. But my name is Israel. When I was coming from Mesopotamia, uh, Mesopotamia of Syria, Uriel, the angel of God, came forth and said, I have come down to the earth and made my dwelling among men, and I am called Jacob by name. He was angry with me and fought with me and wrestled against me, saying that his name and the name of him who is before every angel should be before my name. And I told him his name and how great he was among the sons of God. Are you not Uriel, my eighth? And I am Israel, an archangel of the power of the Lord, and a chief captain among the sons of God? Am I not, am not I, Israel, the first minister in the sight of God? And I invoke my God by the indistinguishable name? Okay. Now, um, now, I know this is a bit hard to uh, follow, but let me break this down, okay? Now, what it's saying is, is Uriel is supposed to be, you know, fighting with Yaakov. For, you know, from this text, we see that the spirit being named Israel is seen as an angel, right? Seen as an angel and not just an angel but the archangel of the power of God. Notice how he calls Uriel my eighth, meaning you are in 
my eighth position, eight steps below me. And when you look at the Jewish and called the Jewish angelic hierarchy, which is based on the Kabbalah, you will see a chart that shows the ranking of those spirit beings. So from this text, Jacob is wrestling with Uriel. Notice how Jacob is already named Israel. So did he name himself? Or was he named by Uriel? <clears throat> now, let's listen to this statement. It says, I am Israel and, and archangel of the power of the Lord and a chief captain among the sons of God. Am not I Israel, the first minister in the sight of God? And I invoke my God by the inextinguishable name. Now from here, we clearly see that the spirit being is not Yahuwah. Okay? But... If you were to change the names around, then you would actually really see what he's talking about. Okay? Because Uriel is Sariel. And Israel, understand that Israel, Yaakov, is no longer fighting here. It is another being that has taken over. And this being is named Sanuel. Now, if you change the names around, it will all make sense. But we are going to really clarify this as this goes down. You have to replace Uriel with Sariel. And you have to place Israel with Sanuel. Sanuel. Okay? Now, here's another example. Okay? Now, this is from the Ladder of Yaakov. This is also found in the Pseudepigrapha. Now, we see much more detail in this section than what is in Genesis 28. We, we even have a prayer from Yaakov. But what is, what is interesting is what happens after the prayer of Yaakov. Okay? Now, let me see. I'm going to read this in this book. And this is uh, this is uh, from Ladder of Yaakov, all right? And it reads, now this is after the prayer. Now, remember when uh, he had the vision and the Most High said, I'm going to make your, your seed multiplied in the north, the east, the south, and the west, and everything that happened. And then he made the pillar unto the Most High, and then the story ended. But wait a minute. This is saying there's more to the story. And uh, here's the other part to they added to the story. Now, question is, was this, was this taken out or was this added in? Now, whether it was taken out or added in, what we can take from this is the information that they give us. And this information is key to the purpose of this study. Now, listen to this. It says, and while I was still saying this prayer, Behold, a voice came before my face saying, Sariel, leader of the Begal, you who are in charge of dreams, he's in charge of dreams, go and make Jacob understand the meaning of the dream he had 
and explain to him everything he saw, but first bless him. You know what I'm saying? They said, go and make him and then bless him. And Sariel, the archangel, came to me and I saw him and his appearance was very beautiful and awesome. But I was not astonished by his appearance for the vision which I had seen in my dream was much more terrible than he. And I did not fear the vision of the angel. Now, if you listen to this, he's actually saying that, you know, Sariel came in to impress him with his beauty and his brilliance and his light. He was like, boom. But Yaakov, he seen the most high. And he was like, I'm not impressed by you. You know, he wasn't impressed by him. But he was like, look at me. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's a lot in this. You really have to have to have to have to uh, have to really know, have to see this. OK, now in chapter four, it says. And the angel said to me, what is your name? And I said, Yaakov, he announced, uh, your name shall no longer be called Yaakov, but your name shall be similar to my name, Israel. And when I was going from Pandana, remember Pandamara of Syria, this is the same place, to meet Esau, my brother, he came to me and blessed me and called me Israel. Now, here goes the conflation. Now, here's interesting. He goes, and he would not tell me his name until I adjured him. And then he said to me, as you were, blah, 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 blah. The reason why I said blah, 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 because all of a sudden this verse just gets crazy and it just doesn't make any sense. And he goes, dot, 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 dot. Now, we're not really going to get too much into the ladder of Jacob, but I wanted to bring you there to that point. Okay? Now, um, I want you to notice that the name Sariel. Also notice it says, leader of the beguiled. Okay? What is beguiled? And Jacob heard a voice. Was this the voice of the Most High? Would the Most High send Sariel, the leader of the beguiled? And notice how he came while he was praying to Ahaya. Ahaya. And also, we see that in verse 4, it cuts off when we could learn the name of the unnamed spirit being. Now, I said because he was going to explain his name, but yet he did tell us. He said, your name will be similar to my name, Sariel. Okay? Now, I would like to uh, comment about this pseudepigrapher. Many um, shy away from these books. They say, you know, I'm not going to read them because those are outside of the Bible. Now, I say this is very unwise because the same men that put together the Bible put together the pseudepigrapher. Okay? Now, the reason why I can say that is because if you are confused by the pseudepigrapher, then you will damn sure be confused by Genesis 35. Because Genesis 35 is extremely confusing and conflated, just like those books in the pseudepigrapher. So that shows you that both these had the both, you know, both of them are authored by the same source. So we have to take these sources and we have to have to look at both of them and filter out, filter out the things that are good 
And we can do this with the wisdom of the Most High. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, it says the priest of the Most High need to preach the word because the priest of the Most High understand the word. These other people that are out here doing these things, they don't know what they're talking about. Then you hear that verse, the guy said, oh, he wrestled with God. This, this is God. Oh, this is another angel. But they don't even break down what God means. It's Elohim. It's not Yahweh. It's Elohim. And for years, they kept calling him God. And now, look at There's a state of Israel named after God. Right? Or is it Elohim? Now, it says that in this uh, scripture that um, Sariel is leader of the beguiled. Leader of the beguiled. Now, so what does beguiled mean? And how many of you remember uh, somebody in the garden being uh, attacked by somebody, a spirit of the beguiled? Remember? He said, um, someone beguiled, he beguiled me. He beguiled me. All right, now listen to this. It says, um, what is beguiled? It means to influence by trickery, flattery, mislead, delude. So he said, Sariel, go to uh, Jacob and tell him the interpretation of the dream. So you have a spirit that is a misleader and a tricker and a flatterer to interpret the dream. Did the Most High say, send this to uh, Jacob and make him understand the dream? Now, it says, uh, what is beguiled? To take away from, to take away from by cheating or deceiving. To be beguiled of money. To charm or divert. I mean, come on, y'all. Wake up. Synonyms. Deceive, cheat, amuse, entertain. All right? Now, it says, now this is from the verse. It goes, and while I was still saying the prayer, behold, a voice came before my face saying, Sariel, leader of the beguiled, you who are in charge of dreams, go and make Yaakov understand the meaning of the dream he saw. But first, bless him. And Sarah came to me, and I saw him. All right? He just, boom, right in his face. So, basically, before he finished his dreams, poof, pops Sarah. Now, here's another, another clip. Now, here I have two very interesting sources. One is called the Kabbalistic Encyclopedia, and the other is called the Dictionary of Angels. The Dictionary of Angels. But first, we're going to read from the Kabbalistic Encyclopedia, and this is from page 38. And it reads, <clears throat> it says, uh, Ariel, angel associated with the north and earth said to be the angel who wrestled with Yaakov, also spelled Uriel. That's very interesting. And you can see that they're saying that um, Yaakov wrestled with Uriel. Now, this is an encyclopedia. This encyclopedia of the Kabbalah is telling us that he wrestled with Uriel. Now, that's a strong source. If that source is wrong, then uh, the whole book should be thrown out. 
right? Okay. Oh, got my mic there. Now, uh, where was I? Okay. Now, remember the prayer. Now, remember the prayer of uh, Joseph, the prayer of Joseph. It stated that Uriel was wrestling with an angel named Israel. But the problem with this is Uriel is not a fallen angel. <laughs> Uriel was walking with Enoch, teaching him about the fallen angel. So what this book does not tell you is that there are actually two Uriels. Two Uriels. Now, listen to um, listen to uh, this from um, the Dictionary of Angels, and this is from page uh, ninety. This is from page two ninety eight, and it says um, he has been identified as one of the angels who helped bury Adam and Abel in paradise. This is based on the Hastings Dictionary of the Bible, as the dark angel who wrestled with. Yaakov at Fenuel. Okay, now they also, and this is, uh, and what this says is, okay, it says, I, 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 missed, I messed up a little bit. It goes, Ariel, fire, fire of God, one of the leading archangels in the non canonical lore, and ranking various as a scape, as a Sufor Sherebon region of the sun, flame of God, angel of the presence, presider over Tartarus. Hades, Archangel of Salvation. Um, in the later works, he acts as heavenly interpreter uh, of Ezra, visions, and Enoch too. He is the Archangel who watches over thunder and terror. In the book of Adam and Eve, he presides over re repentance. Ariel is supposed to be, supposed to be, says Abbot Ashner uh, Voinker in the teaching of the Catholic Church, the spirit who stood at the gate of the lost Eden with the fairy sword. The book of Adam and Eve designates him as a spirit, one of the cherubim of Genesis. He is invoked, okay, when they say he's invoked, that means that mm -hmm. uh, in some of the ancient uh, litanaries. Then it says he has been identified as one of the angels who helped bury Adam and Eve, Adam and Abel in uh, paradise, his dictionary of the Bible. As the dark angel who wrestled with Yaakov at Peniel. Okay, now we say, wait, wait a minute now. Is Ariel a fallen angel now? He's a dark angel wrestling? Okay. Now, you see, these two, bo these two books, both of these books, now they're occultic in nature. Okay. Now, because they're cultic major, they're they are uh, saying that these spirit beings that are wrestling with Yaakov are Ariel. We are told Ariel is the one that was wrestling with Yaakov. Now, ask yourself a question: Would this be right? Would this be the characteristics of an angel of the Most High? Would he really possess the body of a man? Would this be the characteristics of an angel of the Most High, or would this be the characteristics of the fallen ones? Okay. Would it be the characteristics of the fallen ones? 
Now, Fanuel. Who is Fanuel? Okay? Because what we're going to do is there's three beings that we have to pay attention to. There could be three beings that this, uh, the being is that was wrestling with Yaakov. And those are Ariel, Sariel, and Fanuel. Because all three beings are actually mentioned in the scriptures. <clears throat> now, first, who is Fanuel? Fanuel is the name given to a possible fourth archangel of the book of Enoch and Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel. He's also considered to be the ruler of the Ophium. His name means the face of God. He was also the four voices Enoch heard praising the Most High. And it reads, the first is Michael, the merciful and long-suffering, and the second who is set over all the diseases and all the wounds of the children of men is Raphael. And the third who is set over all the powers is Gabriel. And the fourth who is set over the rep rep repentance unto hope of those who inherit eternal life is Fanuel. And this is from Enoch 49. As an angel, <coughs> Fanuel is reportedly a member of the four angels of presence. In First Enoch, he is also listed as an angel of exorcism. He is heard expelling Satans. Now, notice the plural, Satans. Some associate Fennel with Uriel. However, the book of Enoch clearly distinguishes the two. Uriel means the light of Yah, while Fennel has a different meaning. Fennel's duties include uh, bearing up Ayah's throne acting as a guardian angel to all whom have in inherited salvation in Yahushua. Minister of truth and is an angel of judgment. Pierced together all the writings of Enoch, the revelations of John, Phenil, along with Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael will all drink from the winepress of the wrath of Ayah. Strengthening them in the day, the day of the Most High, Phanel's arch rival uh, in the demonic hordes is Bel Air, the Antichrist, the demon of lies. Okay? And then it says, during the battle of Armageddon, Phanuel will relinquish this rivalry to fulfill the prophecy that the Messiah will destroy Bel Air and the world of in the word of his mouth. Um, it is often thought that Fanuel, if not with others, is the most angelic, is the uh, angelic voice in Revelation 11:15, And it says that uh, the world has now become the kingdom of the Yah and Yahushua. He shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. So, basically, Belair, a.k.a. Baal, the dragon of lies, is trying to conflate Uriel with Fanuel. 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 <laughs> so, um, so, uh, do, uh, they associate, so the question is, um, uh, why do they associate Fanuel with Uriel. And why do they associate Uriel with Sariel? 
Well, because Samuel was the one who helped Yaakov defeat this unnamed entity. I will show this later. But first, who is Sarihel? Now, I hope this is starting to become clear. Remember that it is impossible to deceive the very elect. You will know if you are of the elect if you can understand this message. Remember that scripture, Matthew 24, 24, it says, For there shall also uh, rise false Christ and false prophets, who shall uh, show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall, deceive, they shall deceive the very elect. If it were possible. Okay? For all of those that are fearful of this message, understand, there is nothing to fear. If you are of the elect, there is nothing to fear. Because remember, it is impossible to deceive the very elect. Okay? Now, we're coming across upon some times that are going to be really, really, really hard. And if you don't have your, uh, your mind up, if you don't have your wisdom break, you are, you know, it's going to be hard for you. Alright. Okay. Now, this is where we separate the man from the boy and the women from the girls. Because um, this is when you really need to wake up. Now we're going to get into Seri L. Okay? Seri L. Now, Seri L. And it reads, Command of God. This is one of the archangels, mainly from Judaic tradition. Other possible versions of his name are Seri L, Seri L, in, the, in some Dead Sea Scroll translations. Now, Dead Sea Scroll, that's, 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 that's important. Because these are the ones that were found, that were hidden for thousands of years. And he's in these, in these, in these, in these uh, scrolls. That means he's not a new edition. He's an old edition. He was in the scrolls, okay? Asdrel, Sacrel, Jiriel, Serial, as in serial killer. Sariel, Saria, Saquel, Sequel, Jiriel, Sariel, Sorel, Sarel and Sariel. Sarel is sometimes identified with Ariel, Metra, Uriel, and Saquel. In First Enoch, he is one of the four holy archangels who is of entity and trembling. In Kabbalist lore, he is one of the seven angels of the earth. Of the earth. Now it says Orion identifies Suriel as one of the seven angels who are promodical powers. In Gnostic, Suriel is invoked for his positive power. He is com com commanderate in the calendar of the Coptic Orthodox Church of 27 Tabah. Like Methron, Suriel is a prince of presence and like Raphael, an angel of healing. He's also a benevolent angel of death, one of few. Sariel was sent to retrieve the soul of Moses. In Kabbalah, he is one of the seven angels that rule the earth. According to the Book of Enoch, Sariel was one of the leaders of the angels who lusted after the daughters of men. They descended to the summit of Mount Haram and in the days of Jared to acquire wives and lead men astray. Sariel especially taught men about the courses of the moon. 
connected translations of the names of the Book of Enoch say it is possible, Light of God or Moon of God. However, he is listed as Araziel. His name is also listed as Araziel and Asaradel. In some first Enoch translations, the name being a combination of Sarah and God in the book of Enoch, he is usually listed as the fourth angel with the name Samuel, Samuel, or Sariel. In the latter of Yaakov, Sariel is dispatched by the Lord to Yaakov to explain to him the meaning of the dream about the latter. Now, even in this long-ass translation of who Sariel is, at the end they say that it is identified as the angel that is dispatched to Yaakov. Now, notice that word dispatched. That means somebody sent him. Remember, he's a messenger. Somebody sent him. Who sent Sariel? Okay? Now, this is where it gets a little scary. When you take the name Sariel and place that in front of the... Okay, okay let me take the name Sariel. Write this down. It's S-A-R-I-E-L. Okay? S-A-R-I-E-L. Now, place the I in front of the S and the R in front of the A. Right? You get the name Israel. Sariel, rearranged, spells Israel. Now, meditate on that for a moment. Now, I want you to keep this in mind. Now, we're going to read Genesis 32, 24, 32, one more time. Now, when I read it, read it with this in mind. With Sariel as the man that's wrestling with uh, Yaakov. <clears throat> and Sunel as the man that saves, I mean, as the angel that saves Yaakov. Okay? And also think about uh, think about when they ever do a a um, when there's ever a demonic possession, right? What do they do? They have uh, they say, "What is your name? What is your name? Tell me, spirit. What's your name? Remember that, okay? Now I'm just saying, okay. Now listen. Here we go. Genesis uh, 32:24, and it reads, "And Yaakov was left alone, and there." wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day, which means that the man came in the night until the breaking of the day, right? And when he saw that he prevailed not, meaning like when the man saw that he could not prevail over Yaakov, he touched the hollow of his thigh. That means he was cheating. And he also used some kind of like martial arts technique on the man. When he was wrestling with him, and he used some kind of technique, and the hollow Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him, and he said, let me go, this is the man, let me go, for the day breaketh. Now he's scared, he's like, yo, I want to be seen in the sun, 
Okay? And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. I mean, he's like, tell me. Think about that. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Yaakov. I'm sorry. And then uh, Yaakov says, no, then the angel says, what is your name? And he says, Yaakov. And he says, thy name shall, shall call no more Yaakov, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with man and hast prevailed. Now, this part was actually conflation. This part was a conflation because it wasn't uh, Israel was asking his name to bless him. Israel, Israel was asking his name because he's wondering, like, wait a minute, I'm not fighting Yaakov. Who are you? You know, and 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 uh, Phanuel was like, no, who are you? <laughs> okay. And Yaakov asked him, and he says, and he said, uh, tell me, I pray thee thy name. All right. Now remember again, and he said, why is it that you ask after my name? Now listen to this. And he blessed him there. And Yaakov called the name of the place Phanuel. Right. Now this is different. For I have seen God. Okay, now, this God is 430, which is Elohim, face to face, and my life is preserved. Now, it means preserved means saved, right? Doesn't preserve mean saved? My life is saved. Why does he say I've seen Phanel face to face, my life is saved? You know, because it says here, it says, and as he passed over Phanuel, it's different from Paniel, the sun rose upon him and he halted on his thigh. Now understand that his thigh hurt after he seen Phanuel. That means his heart wasn't even hurt until the sun rose, until the battle was over. Okay? Therefore, now listen, this is where this makes sense. It says, therefore the children of Israel ate not of the shnu which sank. This is a part of the, uh, the meat, the shnu that sank. This is the part that he got hurt in, which upon the hollow of the thigh, to this day because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the shnu, that snake. So they didn't eat that part of the thigh because this is the part that was cursed. And Jacob hurt all the time for the rest of his life. Okay? Now, now the blessing, or better understood the curse, was the fact that Jacob was maimed by Sariel. He touched the hollow of his thigh. Now because this is, now because that there is a, now, okay, now, because there is a deeper meaning about the thigh, now there is a deep meaning, but, you know, I didn't uh, investigate it, so I'm not really going to talk about too much about this, uh, this thigh incident here. But, when you read this, you can see that an exorcism is going on here. Remember, Fanuel is a, he's like, you know, over exorcism, and he's known to take out Satan's, right? Now, remember, a man attacked Yokul. A man that was possessed with a spirit of Sariel, okay, a fallen angel. Why was he so fearful about daybreak? Was this man a vampire? Notice how he attacked Yaakov while he was alone, most likely asleep. So was he trying to kill him? Notice how when it was over, he calls the place Sanuel. Now, what does the archangel Phanuel's name mean? Phanuel's name means the face of God. So if the archangel's name 
means the face of God, then he says in verse uh, 32, he says, And Jacob called the name of the place Sanuel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. So basically, Sanuel saved him. All right? Now, I hope you get this point. I hope you get this point. Now, to clarify, when you read this verse, okay, you notice that Fenuel is used twice, but spelled differently. If you read this carefully, it says that uh, he seen the archangel Fenuel face to face when he halted upon his thigh. Okay, now, which was the curse? Okay. The, the the blessing that he said we think is a blessing. This is actually a curse. Okay. Now we have to ask ourselves. So what about this name Israel? Was Jacob named Israel? Was the name Jacob? Uh, uh, was it was Jacob's name changed to Israel at this moment, or was Jacob's name changed to Israel? By the founding fathers of the Catholic Church. Remember those guys, Eubius, Orion, Alexandria, and all these fools? Now, here's a clue, okay? Now, listen to this. This is what I got from this. It says, <clears throat> the etymology of the name Israel, okay, is shown to be derived from a man seeing God. The etymology, that means the root understanding, the etymology, the beginning, is possible. He says it's possible with a Hebrew play of words, but it is not found in any ancient Hebrew text, which is found in Thaleo's writing and Greek Hellenistic texts. So they're saying that there's not really any root to this, only but can be found in Thaleo. Thaleo. You have to understand who is Thaleo, right? Now, in my opinion, this is me. I'm saying this. I was up front. Wrote, okay. Now, in my opinion, people like Orion, Alexander Clemente, Eubius, and this guy named Filio. He's like Filio of Alexandria. These guys are the culprit, the culprits. Okay, they're the culprits that conflate, they add, they delete, they dilute, they corrupt, and they change most of the scriptures in the Old and the New Testament. Now, what you need to do is you need to look up these men. Okay? They really hit these men well in history. Alright? But as we wake up, okay, as we wake up, we can see them. Okay? But these thieves of our culture, they're laughing at us. They're laughing at us. Okay? They're laughing at us as we use the name Jesus. They're laughing at us as we use the name Yahweh. They're laughing at us as we use the name Israel. Okay? They're laughing. Now, would it be possible? Would it be impossible to change the name Israel? I mean, would it be possible to change the name Jacob to Israel? Is that an impossibility? Think about uh, Proverbs 30. And this is why this is used. It says, Who hath ascended up to heaven? Or descended? Question. Who has gathered the winds in his fist? Question. Who has bombed the waters in a garment? Question. Who has established all the ends of the earth? 
question. What is his name? What is his son's name? If thou can tell. That's a very famous verse, but it means a lot when you understand that there was conflation. Now, many people don't know the answer to these questions. Many people are confused about this. Many people hold on the name Israel for dear life, just like they hold on to the name Jesus. Why? Because of faith. Now, what's faith? The definition of faith is questioning belief in God or religion. What is religion? Bondage. To continue, it says complete trust or confidence, loyalty. Now, all this sounds good. But those that follow tyrants also have faith. Because faith without works is dead. So, is the name Israel above Hayah or Yahushua? And if the deceivers can take names out of scriptures, then can't they put them in? Look at the seed of Yaakov. Hardly no one knows who we are. How do you hide a nation of people? If you can hide a nation of people, you can hide a name. And if you can take out, you can put in. Proverbs 35. Every word of Ayah is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Now, think about this. Here is a quick rundown on when the church fathers, like Orion, Eubius of Caesarea, um, Alexandria, Clemente, Falio of Alexandria, had the opportunity to write, uh, to rewrite the history of the Hebrew. Okay? Now, look these men up. Right? Now, think about this. The original scriptures were written in the language of the ancient Hebrew, the original Hebrew, right? Then it was rewritten to the Paleo-Hebrew with Canaanite Ugrit influence. Deception. Then it was written to Aramaic with an ancient Phoetian influence. Deception. Then it was written in Babylon Hebrew and Babel, okay, which Babel means confusion. Now we have Conflation. Then it was written in the Greek and the Hellenistic age led by Philos of Alexandria. Conflation. Then it was written to Latin during the time of Origen and the church fathers in Rome. More conflation. Then it was suppressed by the Catholic Church and written in English and French and German and on and on and on. So, we have at least six major examples of opportunities for the establishment to change or influence the word. If it was not for the findings of these uh, the, in the caves of Qumran and other hidden books, it would be hard to filter all of this babble. Okay? Do you know that in uh, 1947, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, Within weeks, the texts were in the hands of the CIA. 
And then the next year, all of a sudden, Israel becomes a state in 1948. And in six months, right, in six months after they had the Six-Day War, the caves of, of, of Qumran were off limits. And then they fell under military dictatorship. Now, this is a lot. This is a lot for some scrolls, right? Now, it doesn't end there. Okay? Now, understand the people that changed or translate, uh, translated the text were of the Catholic Church. And uh, you have to ask yourself, why did it take over 50 years, okay, 50 years for them to release the first document? Now, here's another interesting fact. Do you know that the man that was in charge of overseeing the translation of the scrolls was no other than Joseph Elios Ratzinger, Pope Benedict, the present Pope? So basically, what exactly are they afraid of? Okay? What are they trying to hide? Why so much control over the word of the Most High? Now, am I saying we should not call ourselves Hebrew Israelites? Well, before I answer that, I have to ask a question. What is a Hebrew Israelite? Was this the name the Motai gave Yaakov, or was it given to him by someone else? Why do you think the house of Israel and the house of Yahuda were split. Why was the house of Israel so much into idol worship? Think about it. Why was it so much into idol worship? Think about the house of Messiah. Think about the house that the Messiah came through. It was the house of Yahuda, not the house of Israel. Why would Yahu replace the name Yaakov with El, meaning Elohim. Would not Yahuwah place the name Ah in his children? Who is El? And which Elohim are we speaking about? So am I saying we should stop calling ourselves Hebrew Israelites? Well, as for me, personally, I am Dawid, Yaakov, Maccabeus of the seed of Yaakov. My Yahoo is Ahayah, and his son is Yahushua, the Messiah. Until I find out other, other, any otherwise, I will stick with the root. I will stick with the root. Now, I'm going to complete this uh, study, but first, you know, I'm going to tell you how the story should go. <clears throat> Alright? This is how the story should go. Alright? And it reads, Jacob has a dream on his way to his uncle Laban's house. Genesis 28-2 Arise, go to Pandama, to the house of Bethel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. Okay? Now the reason why he said this is because Rachel, not Rachel, uh, 
Rebecca, sorry about that. Rebecca wanted to have um wanted his uh his her son to not have a have a Canaanite wife. Okay, he said, "Don't marry the wives around here. Go to your uncle Laban." Okay, and this is her talking to uh, Yaakov. And uh, then Yaakov had a dream. Okay, now he on his way. He has a dream, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascended and descended on it. And and behold, Ahiah stood above it and said, I am Yahuwah, Yah of Abraham, thy father, and the Yah of Isaac, and the land which thou layest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread across to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am thee, and I will keep thee in all places, whether thou goest. And I will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken unto thee. Now, keep this blessing in mind. And understand that uh, right after this blessing, Sarael comes to try to steal it. He tested the Most High. He's like, well, let me see if, if he really does have his hand on this guy. And here comes Sarael. But the face of God, the face of Elohim, who was it? Samuel came to the rescue. But let me continue. Now, no, let me continue. Okay, goes, now, after this dream, Yaakov goes to Laban's house. And finds Rachel. Rachel, he falls in love. Then they marry after 21 years of slave labor. Then Yaakov has 11 sons, two wives, and two handmaids. Then he is told by the voice of Elohim to go build an altar unto Elohim. Right now, but remember, he already built an altar out of the stone. Remember, when he was sleeping on the pillars. So 21 years later, he hears a voice from God saying, "Go build an altar." See, he already forgot he did that. He hasn't talked to the Most High for years. He's slaving. He's got children now. And now all of a sudden, he's told to go build another altar. And it says in uh, 2018, remember, he says, And Yochabu rose up early in the morning, this is the first time, and took the stones that he had for his pillow, and set it upon for a pillar, and poured oil upon it on top of it. So, you know, and it says, so um, basically, who's telling Yaakov to build an altar in Genesis 35? Remember the conflation chapter? Now, when Yaakov goes back to Bethel in uh, the land called Pandamera, it is very different. Now it's a dangerous place. It's so dangerous that um, it reads in Genesis 35, it says, uh, Genesis 35, and the journey... And they journeyed, and the terror of Elohim was upon the city, were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Yaakov. Now, it also says that because Yahuda and Reuben went on a killing spree after they raped, after, you know, because um, those guys that raped their sister, they went on a killing spree. Remember, 
They raped Dinah. Okay. Uh, it was in the time of Shisham. And um, notice uh, also how Yaakov, he hides his idol you know, and all his valuables under an oak tree. Okay. Now, he says he, he puts the idols under oak tree before the journey to Bethel. Now, in Genesis 35 again, you know, it talks about um, <clears throat> how he builds an, another altar. But this time, he calls the altar not Bel-El, Bel he calls it El-Beth-El. And in the very next verse, we read turmoil happens, right? It says, uh, Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died. And she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, under an oak tree. And the name of it is called Alun Bikuf. Okay? And uh, so now we have uh, the oak tree again, right? The oak tree was used to hide the idols. And now this oak tree is used to bury the mother of his children. Okay? And then we read that Rachel dies. And then Reuben takes Bella, Bella Sal. Jacob's wife, his brother's mother, and Isaac passes away. So, was building the altar El Bethel a good thing? Okay, who told him to build this altar Bel Bethel? Right? Now, as you read through chapter, as you read through uh, Genesis, okay, your, your mind begins to put together the story in its correct order. All right, begins to put the story together. Okay, now a spirit being which calls itself Elohim speaks to Yaakov, tells him to go back to Bethel and build an altar. Yaakov goes back to Bethel, builds the altar, El Bethel. He falls asleep, but this time he does not have a dream. He is Awakened by a man wrestling with him. He is being attacked in the night by a spirit being that is inside a man. This man cannot overtake Jacob because Jacob has the face of Ayah, meaning he is in the sight of the Most High. Because the promise was, I will fulfill the promise I give to you. Now, Lucifer or Sariel is trying to steal it. Okay? Basically, he turns the head of Yahuwah. Okay? Now, while Jacob is wrestling, Yaakov is wrestling, the man uh, presses on his thigh with some kind of technique which destroys Yaakov's thigh. At this moment, when the man is about to get the upper hand, Yaakov yells, What is your name? Right? Now pay attention. In the concordance, the word blessing can also mean curse. So again, Jacob is saying, I will not let you go until you tell me your name. Now at this point, something is going on. Okay? Something's going on here, but it's not clear and it's not seen. Not to the common eye. You see, the true angel of the Most High the true angel of the Most High, the Elohim, the archangel is called Fanuel. Okay? 
Now Fanuel was now fighting this spirit being called Suriel, the god Suriel, the other Elohim. We have two Elohims fighting. Suriel was a messenger sent, remember? He was sent by who? Baal. Because they're in Bethel, Elithel, Baal, El, Moloch, okay? Or Lucifer to kill Yaakov, right? Now, think about it. Remember when, like I told you, Judah and Reuben, they went on this killing spree in Shisha, okay? And they killed all these people. The people knew that they were up on this hill making an altar to El Bethel, okay? Basically, they were behind enemy lines, building an altar to Baal Lachelle. They were not supposed to be there. Okay? Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that the incident with Daniah being raped was an opportunity for Suriel to lure Yaakov back to this place so he can kill him. You know? So now we have Yaakov fighting for his life. Remember, he says, my life was preserved. No, he would have been done. Think about it. If it wasn't for Fennel, Yaakov would have been done. You know what I mean? Fennel jumps into the battle. And it is Fennel who is asking this spirit. He's, he's asking, what's your name? Who are you? What spirit are you? You know what I mean? Which one of the falling archangels are you? And, and uh, you know... And Sariel is like, it's Sariel, let me go. The day breaketh. You know what I mean? Because I do not have power in the day. I do not have power under the sun. Right? Then Fennel released Sariel and he saved Yaakov. But Yaakov would forever remember this event because now, his, now he limps. Right? Now he has like a lame hip. He has a lame hip for the rest of his life. And um, now I believe after this, Yaakov learns how to test the spirits. You know, Yaakov woke up. He was like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? He learns how to test the spirits. So now there's a story. Now, why is it written the way that it is written in the Bible? Okay? Why is it written this way? Why is it so confusing? Well, it's conflation. What is the modus operandi of Lucifer? He is the father of lies. Now, what did this uh, lie produce? Think about it. Well, what happened in 1948? What is the meaning behind the star of Moloch? If all this leads to L... Right? If all this leads back to L, then there's your answer. Okay. Thank you so much for coming. I'm going to close out with one more uh, audio file. And this one is an audio file about the angel Fanuel. And you will listen to his, uh, his characteristics. And this is the one that actually saved Jacob. So, basically... <clears throat> you need to uh, read Genesis again, go over it again, and try to look at it with new eyes. Do the research. Later on, I'm actually going to have on my website, I'm going to put up um, 
I'm going to put up all the files that I can that are associated with this and I'm going to write this uh, this broadcast it, I mean I'm going to write the uh, transcript of this broadcast and you're going to have a bibliography on the bottom of it so you can say okay what is this guy talking about is he is he demonically possessed or <laughs> has he lost his mind what does he mean Israel is uh, is is not what God named his chosen people. You know what I mean? First of all, you know, God's chosen people don't even know who they are. And those people that are in Israel aren't the ones that are supposed to be there. They know they ain't supposed to be there. Okay? Everybody in history knows this. But no one has the power to take them out. The only person that can do this is the Most High. I have nothing against the Jew. Because they are just as deceived as we are. You know, but if we all were just honest here, we would see what who manipulated history. We would see who manip who manipulated history. You know why? Because it is impossible. It is impossible to deceive the very elect. Okay, y'all. See you on another broadcast. Here is the uh, audio file of Fenuel. Okay, bye. Chapter forty. And after that, I saw thousands of thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. And I saw a multitude beyond number and reckoning, who stood before the Lord of Spirits. And on the four sides of the Lord of Spirits, I saw four presences, different from those that sleep not, and I learnt their names. For the angel that went with me made known to me their names, and showed me all the hidden things. And I heard the voices of those four presences, as they uttered praises before the Lord of glory. The first voice blesses the Lord of spirits forever and ever, and the second voice I heard blessing the elect one, and the elect ones who hang upon the Lord of spirits. And the third voice I heard pray and intercede for those who dwell on the earth, and supplicate in the name of the Lord of Spirits. And I heard the fourth voice fending off the Satans and forbidding them to come before the Lord of Spirits to accuse them who dwell on the earth. After that, I asked the angel of peace who went with me, who showed me everything that is hidden, Who are these four presences which I have seen, and whose words I have heard and written down? And he said to me, This first is Michael, the merciful and long-suffering, and the second, who is set over all the diseases and all the wounds of the children of men, is Raphael, and the third, who is set over all the powers, is Gabriel, and the fourth, who is set over the repentance unto hope of those who inherit eternal life, is named Phanuel, and these are the four angels of the Lord of Spirits and the four voices I heard in those days.